Welcome to Your American Heritage with your host, Ed Bondarenka. Our goal is to provide a platform for a discussion of pro-life, pro-Christian, and pro-American constitutional principles in the light of current and historical events. America, bless God. Good afternoon, and welcome to Your American Heritage where we talk about the two things you're not supposed to talk about in polite society, religion and politics. My name is Ed Bondarenka, and I'm not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. So I'll be your host today. We expect turbulence, so please fasten your seatbelts and stow any left-wing ideology in the trash bin of history. The show, of course, is produced by Derek Stone, the Swiss Army knife of radio, the hardest working man in radio, also the host of the Stone Cold Sports, Sundays at noon 30, right after my friend Sean Todd, the Rock and Rev, on the intersection at noon. It's not your normal fluffy Christian show. Uh, my name is Ed Bondarenka, as was said, and I'm not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. Let's open in prayer. Well, first off, I want to say this is interesting. It's I've been on the radio a few years now, and this is the one year anniversary of this show. And it's only fitting we should have such technical difficulties because on the very first show, I didn't get on. If you remember that, Derek, I didn't get on for like 40 minutes of my own radio show. <laughs> Fortunately, I had a number of guests uh, on the inaugural day and they filled in for me until we got things worked out. So let's open in prayer, which I probably should have done sooner. Please, Father, lead us and guide this nation. Please deliver us from the evil government of both Washington and Lansing. And please bring a realization to the people of their need for a moral compass based on the principles in the Bible, the same principles that the founders followed as they formed our republic. Lead us and guide us as we resist. Please protect us from the plans of government officials who want to subject us to their power instead of representing us and our will. So... I want to share something with you. It's kind of uplifting. I'm going to read something to you, see if you can figure out where it's from. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches for every recess for ore in the darkness and the shadow of death. He breaks open a shaft away from people in places forgotten by feet. They hang far away from men. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, from it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the source of sapphires, and it contains gold dust. That path no bird knows, nor has the falcon's eye seen it. The proud lions have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint, he overturns the mountains at the roots, he cuts out the channels and the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams from trickling, what is hidden, he brings forth to light. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. The sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz. For the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? 
It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, we have heard a report about it with our ears. God understands its way and he knows its place for he looks to the ends of the earth and he sees under the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure. When he made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed, he searched it out. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. We have to depart from evil. It's day 178 of the coop. There are people that are trying to overthrow the Constitution and implement their dominion over us. We must resist them. That's one of the purposes of this show, to encourage and strengthen and provide a platform for those who would help us reclaim our nation. This is Free Fall Radio. We're working without a net. We're live and current, which can make it pretty tricky, obviously. And uh, when guests get ill and can't come on or forget which time zone they're on in or whatever. And well, that's that's where we're at. Um, we managed to come through with some great guests today. And I'd like to uh, say one thing here. I was going to play some video, audio, I should say. And uh, I'm going to postpone that because I can't. And I'm going to quote Wikipedia here on fascism. Okay. In general, fascist governments exercise control over private property, but they did not nationalize it. Scholars also noted that big business developed an increasingly close partnership with the Italian fascist and German fascist governments. Business leaders supported the government's political and military goals in exchange the government pursued economic policies that maximized the profits of its business allies. That's fascism, okay? So getting corporations to do the work they can't get legislators to do, yeah, that's what the Biden administration is doing right now, like healthcare systems. Now, I'd like to mention that uh, Judicial Watch announced today that it received 75 pages of records from the Department of Veterans Affairs detailing the adverse reactions that veterans had to COVID-19 vaccines. As of April 2021, Veterans Health Services reported 985 serious reactions, which included 20 cardiac arrests, 36 strokes, 15 cases of deep vein thrombosis, 10 heart attacks, and 19 pulmonary embolisms. They also reported over 26,000 less serious reactions, and the agency withheld individual report details citing alleged privacy and related issues. Now, many talk show hosts will say, do what you want, take the show or not, uh, take the shot or not, but be informed. I'm not taking a shot that is like playing Russian roulette. Sure, you took it, your cousin took it, you survived, you spun the cylinder, you handed the gun to me and said, it's your turn. Well, if the government made available to you the safe, simple medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, to name a few, you know, if they, they'd make those available, taking the shot wouldn't even be a question. So why are they being withheld? Now, our guest today is Maya Han. I was introduced to Maya a few weeks ago at a Pat Kovic event, Pat Kolbeck event in Howell, Michigan. And uh, there were some very interesting speakers there. It was a very good good time there. Uh, and Maya has uh, come up with an initiative for healthcare workers. And she's on the phone right now. Hi, Maya. How are you today? Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. 
it's 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 I'm glad you could come on. I'm glad you could come on. And I know it was short notice, especially since uh, our friend uh, uh, Cindy couldn't make it today. I'm not going to throw her under the bus for for uh, not showing up. I just appreciate you coming on. And and I think it's very topical that you're on today. Um, so tell us about UnitedHealthWorkers.com. Yes. Well, you know, we've um, come down to the wire here in Michigan regarding our health care systems and them demanding and, and making claims that they will be mandating the COVID vaccine for all employees. And um, we've been getting a lot of calls. I am the regional director with Michigan for Vaccine Choice. And there's just many, many healthcare workers that aren't happy. They want to maintain their right to choose their medical care and do not like the fact that they are being coerced into a, a experimental vaccination um, that's been fast-tracked and um, being threatened uh, firing if they do not submit. So we, you know, there's a lot of protests going on. There's a big protest going on actually through the Henry Ford systems today. You know, we have patriots and healthcare workers all across the state that are gathering and protesting these mandates. But, you know, I was sitting down and I'm thinking, what, what can we actually do to make a difference for our healthcare workers? And, you know, it's so much bigger than just healthcare workers and our frontline workers because this really um, stems from American freedom. We have to maintain our rights as Americans, as human beings, our God-given rights to decide what is injected into our bodies. And, you know, right now they're going after the health care employees, but this is just the beginning. And if we don't put a stop to this now, it is going to trickle down to every single person in our society. So, you know, giving some thoughts, what can we actually do to make a difference? It's coming down to the wire. These uh, healthcare workers were given deadlines as to when they had to get their vaccine. Many were quitting. Um, and many were succumbing to getting the vaccine against their um, better judgment, against their religious beliefs. And then many are just, you know, begging. You know, uh, attorney Jimmy Thomas, he's the attorney that has been representing um, uh, many people regarding mask mandates in the schools and the testing of athletes in the schools and been very successful in litigating those cases. And um, I, I reached out to him a couple days ago, and I said, you know what, I've got an idea. What can, can this work? And basically, it is, can we unite all of these healthcare workers that believe in freedom of choice, that want to sustain their right to choose their own health care? Can we gather them? Can we organize them? And then can we have an attorney represent them in a union-like strike situation. With that saying, meaning that all of these workers would come into uh, within one healthcare system, would be under the direction of their attorney. In this case, uh, Jimmy Thomas has agreed to help um, litigate this and say, you know what, we would like to uh, negotiate terms with our healthcare system to be able to have accommodations for our uh, religious objections or medical objections or what it be objections to getting these vaccines. 
And um, here, you know, in this country, we have the First Amendment. We have a right to our religious freedom. If one truly believes that getting this injection is going to impact their faith and their relationship with their God, that right is protected. And by law, an employer must make appropriate accommodations for them. So I presented that to him and said, look, if we can get enough people... And you present to them saying, we have a group of people that want accommodations, and they are willing to not come to work by this date. If you can't come to the negotiating table and negotiate some terms, they're not coming to work. And uh, laying it out there, just like a a union strike would, giving the people some power uh, represented by an attorney in hopes to actually make a difference for healthcare workers and the choices and the freedoms that they want. That's, so that's good. It. That's good. And that's com. Folks, if you know a health worker who's being impacted by these mandates from uh, particularly the Henry Ford Health System and Trinity Healthcare System, I'm informed that University of Michigan is not pursuing this. I was I was surprised to hear that. I don't know if that's still true, but I'd heard that earlier. Do you know? Um they're on standby, I think. They're kind of waiting to see, you know, this kind of the litmus test of, of how students and how um, employees are going to um, react at this point. I, we, we basically saw it first start off with the Henry Ford, and then very quickly they're getting emails from Trinity Health, um, speculations from Spectrum. You know, we really are just expecting this to go across the entire state. You know, when it just takes one, if it if it works successfully with uh, those employees and they're all getting vaccinated, then it's going to trickle across the whole state. Now, my my pastor's wife uh, is a is a nurse. She actually she just graduated a couple months ago and just started at uh, Trinity. And um, actually, it's, it's Sean Todd, uh, the rock and rev uh, from the insurrectionist. His wife um, just quit. Uh, St. Joe's over this. She just says, I'm not taking the shot. I'm not taking uh, uh, any exemptions, any religious exemptions. She says, it's just, this is just wrong and, and I'm out. And that's when I realized that a number of health workers must stand together to do that. And you are providing the vehicle for them to join together to do this. I mean, it's, it's well, we've had attorney David Coleman on this show quite a few times. I enjoy having him on, but we talked at least twice about this. And Michigan being an at-will employer, um, basically they they can ask you to do anything. They can ask you to uh, uh, come in and wear a, a pink shoe and a blue shoe simultaneously. And if you refuse, they're an at-will employer, they can uh, fire you just because they feel like it. Now, being in management, I've seen HR tell me, well, it's not always that easy. It seems like it can be. So the protections that we talk about, for instance, David said, uh, Dave Coleman said, you know, they can accommodate you like, okay, now you've got to wear a mask or you've got to do this or you've got to wear a biohazard suit. They can go even even that far. If you don't take the shot, you've got to wear a biohazard suit, which of course, you know, it it sounds discriminatory. My my real problem with this shot is that uh, (laughs) the damage it's doing to so many people particularly when 
you know, there, there are certain responses that the healthcare industry could provide uh, that would mitigate what COVID does. We've learned so much in the last year of, quite frankly, the overblown death rate and uh, the over, you know, the pandemic aspect of it. Uh, that this was generated, basically, I'm I'm convinced this was, uh, if not generated, it certainly was misused to uh, change an election result. So, what do you think? Have you had much response yet to uh, United Health Workers? Uh, you know what? I have not checked the spreadsheet of un- incoming um, signups at this point. I'm sure. You know, I've had, since we announced it yesterday, that almost 2,000 shares or um, watches of that announcement and many, many shares. I can't remember the hundred point, but I do expect that we are going to get quite a, a large group of people. And this is for every healthcare system in Michigan. If they want to sign up, you know, this does not at this point obligate them to be part of a strike situation. At this point, we're just in the step one, gather your colleagues. We're gathering your colleagues in your healthcare system that are willing and can, to consider a walkout kind of situation or willing to consider that they can unite, you know. And then I think by August 1st, we get as many of those people as we can into the database. And keep in mind, all of these people, are, are um, their identities are going to be kept and protected, and even when it comes to negotiations, uh, the attorney will not be revealing the names of those employees um, to protect them. Because, you know, as a healthcare worker, I understand I've been a healthcare worker. I'm a speech language pathologist and autism specialist. When you're in the field and many of your colleagues um, are very, very pro vaccine and don't understand a religious objection, don't understand that there are significant concerns that are happening with these injections. Um, and, and it's a hard environment to kind of, you know, flip the coin on. And so we wanted to reassure all healthcare workers that their identities will be protected, um, even when it comes to negotiating with the, their employers. The employers will not know who they are when they say we have 200 employees that are willing to not show up to work on this particular day until you you uh, meet their negotiation terms. But you know, it, what what Coleman has said about this is an a a at, you can fire at will state it, that still does not protect employers from discriminating against religious liberties and religious rights. Our First Amendment of the Constitution protects us above all else. So if somebody has a religious, a true religious, and it's, you don't have to be part of a specific church that says vaccines are, you know, against our, our faith and, and our biblical terms, you don't even have to be a Christian. If this, taking this injection makes you feel that you are um, in any way tampering, inhibiting, um, going against God, Whatever your faith is, the state and the employer cannot argue that. Your employer cannot say, well, that's not a true religion. That, that they, your employer cannot argue your belief. Those beliefs are protected, and your employer must, by law, provide an appropriate accommodation. So with that, religious liberties are by far 
very, very strong. And then, of course, you have um, America's with Disabilities Act, which also protects you. If you have a medical reason, you cannot take these injections if it's going to do you more harm or put you at higher risk for harm. That's a very legitimate reason as to why you have a right to object to these vaccines. So, so don't let people think that, that because, you know, a player can fire you for any reason that, that you still don't have rights. It just simply isn't true. Yeah. I, one of my biggest concerns about this, frankly, is, is the government overreach, the government mandating uh, and using, using corporations to mandate activities, uh, leaning on them. It's, 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 it's very much like, uh, oh, capitalist cronyism. You know, it's where uh, Jen Psaki was on the news the other day. I had a clip of hers I obviously can't play right now. But she was talking about how we've, we've got to monitor what people do, what they say on Facebook, and Facebook has to uh, do, a, do more to suppress as if they haven't been. Uh, misinformation, right. as they say it about about the uh, the vaccines, and uh, and blaming people for not taking the vaccines. And I just heard on the news at the hour that <laughs> Facebook is pushing back. So, uh, one more time, Maya, uh, tell us one more time. It's unitedhealthworkers.com. Is there a phone number you want to give out for people to contact you? We've only got a couple seconds left here. Uh, UnitedHealthCareWorkers.com. Uh, it's basically a form, an intake form, and it also links up to Attorney uh, Jimmy Thomas's uh, email. But if you have any questions before filling out the form, the form doesn't in any way obligate you, and you can withdraw your name at any time. But if you have questions, Thank you, call um, Thank you. Jimmy's, Jimmy's office. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today. I hope to have you back in the near future. And uh, folks, come on back after the break. Join us again. Thank you. Your American Heritage. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. Well, welcome back to Your American Heritage, where um, we've been experiencing a few technical difficulties, but we press on. Um, Derek, I don't suppose our second guest is on the line yet. No. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be expecting too much. <laughs> so, um, and I can't play any audio that I really should have sent to Derek to play, but I really have enjoyed playing it myself. So I'm going to learn a lesson from this and uh, moving forward. Um, we're hoping to have Ryan Kelly, who's a candidate for governor in the state of Michigan, call in. He's also present at the uh, Henry Ford Healthcare uh, protest over the forced vaccination uh, of its healthcare workers in Wyandotte today, uh, someplace that uh, Joe Lennart is going to uh, call in and, and report about uh, after Ryan uh, talks to us for a bit. 
which I believe is going to happen shortly because, no, Joe from Wyandotte is on the phone. Might as well while we're waiting for Ryan to call in. Hi, Joe. What do you know? Hello, my friend. Uh, I'm glad I'm able to uh, be flexible with you at least. <laughs> so that helped. Yeah. And it was very convenient that you had Maya on today because there's indeed a protest going on at Henry Ford Wyandotte Hospital, still ongoing as we speak. Uh, I, I went up there so I could call in and try to be an unbiased reporter for your show for that protest because Channel 4 showed up at the very beginning, of course, when there was like 12 people and got some video. So I have no doubt I'm going to record all the uh, news shows tonight, local news, to see what all they have to say. But I have no doubt Channel 4 will say there were a dozen anti-vaxxer nuts protesting at Henry Ford, and that is not what was there. I took journalism in school, and unlike the MSNBCs, the imbeciles of CNN and MSNBC, I can and will report a story, the facts, regardless of whether they fit my worldview or not. But in this case, they happen too, in full disclosure. But, you know, if it weren't, I'd report that. And uh, there were like 200-plus people there when I was leaving to make sure I got here to be able to call in and report what was going on. And there were still more coming. So it's growing. It, it's not small. It's just a big thing in Wyandotte terms, you know? Yeah, okay. So um, I doubt there were anybody passing out flyers for uh, Maya's organization since I think she just threw it together in the last couple of days and wouldn't have time to uh, put together something for that. Yeah, I mentioned that you were having her on your show to everybody that I talked to, so hopefully some of them folks were, even if they're up there, went to Tune In Radio and picked up Wham or went to whamradio.com and I clicked on the Listen Live link and are listening. Uh, but So first let me say, I, I spoke with a Shannon Seco, with the Michigan Leadership Group. They are the ones who put this on today. And I think it's important for full disclosure to mention, people may have heard Michigan Leadership Group before, and maybe even directly from me. And let me say, uh, again, in full disclosure, there had been issues between us and the uh, district leadership last year. And I'm happy to say now, that uh, me and many others have worked through the issues and misunderstandings, we'll just kindly put it, uh, <laughs> that were there. And we look forward to working with them and a lot of good stuff coming out of this Michigan Leadership Group, which is a conservative group that was put together for the Downriver area. And obviously, I couldn't talk to all 200-plus people, but I got a sampling of people from E-Course to the north, uh, 
Romulus to the west, New Boston to the south, but that's not the person furthest south. There was a woman I spoke to who was a nurse from St. Mary's in Ohio. She came up from South Charleston, Ohio, to represent the Trinity System Network nurses who want to fight along with the Henry Ford nurses for choice and full disclosure. Like I said, I expect Channel 4 to misrepresent it, and I couldn't talk to everybody, but the poll, the representative poll I took, 99% said they were vaccine choicers. They want full disclosure. They want informed consent. There was a small minority that did proclaim themselves to be completely anti-vaxxer. So again, for fact uh, reporting, that was the case. Uh, And most of them echoed the same words again in full disclosure that I would. This is about freedom of choice and that vaccine passports are unconstitutional and there cannot be mandates on these things. This is not polio. This is not scarlet fever. This is not tuberculosis. When it's all said and done, it is more or less still just a variety of flu with a 99.8 survivability rate. And as you pointed out, HCQS with zinc and z are a quick, easy, cheap cure for this, and uh, yeah, I know we both know someone who t- had COVID, took HCQS for it. That Pastor Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Karen Whitmer, who was uh, one of our early guests on this show, and uh, I uh, hope to have her back soon. I keep meaning to call her. And, yeah, um, you mean Karen see- Whitset, who is Whitset. a state Thank you very much. My goodness, jeez, what a slam! She'll never she- come back. Yeah, Karen, hold on. Karen Whitsett, yeah, Detroit Democrat rep who is not happy with Governor Whitmer. And yeah, she'd been on Tucker Carlson too. And she literally attributed her life being saved to President Trump and hydroxychloroquine because she had COVID bad. And basically, basically the. Democrat Party tried to primary her out in the last election, but uh, that didn't work. Uh, I don't know if she'll announce Republican at some time in the future. She didn't this term. Um, regardless about that, yeah, there's there's a, a Theroux had had the uh, had the crud, and uh, he'll tell you it's very serious. You know, it really knocked him down. But there are treatments that he took that you know he didn't have to be intubated. It's it's like it can be a very serious, obviously, to a portion of the population that did die. You know, it's like the point I can't get the percentage right when it's so low before below one percent is like point five or point four, depending on how you talk to mortality rate over this. And because of this, we're we're putting people out of work. We're putting healthcare care workers at risk. We're putting the military at risk because they're. Pretty soon they're going to be forced to take this, and uh, the, the the whole country is being overturned. But that means, geez, this whole COVID thing has has uh, uh, caused so many disruptions in the supply chain that our stores still a year later 
are missing things on the shelves because companies don't know how to plan for this. And, you know, paying people to stay home from work because of fear of COVID or because of unemployment, uh, you know, and then the unemployment's high because the people won't come back to work. It's 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 absurd, uh, the government intervention on so many levels here. We've, we've really lost our way as a as a, a nation with freedoms and, and responsibilities. So, yeah, um, and I've, I've got two additional full disclosure items. You know, some in your audience know, I know a nurse who worked for the Henry Ford system, mm-hmm. Lisa Ewald, and she died not because of the COVID, but because of complications with the COVID. Uh, she had a precondition, asthma. And that's what a lot of people are dying from, are the lung issues. And the actual intubating of people is somewhat, in some cases, maybe killing them rather than curing them. And, you know, that's not my personal opinion. That's a professional opinion I've gotten from other nurses. And uh, the, the whole HCQS, in my opinion, issue with Whitler that Lisa would probably be here today. I can't say with a certainty, but I think she would be here with us today if the Whitler's War and HCQS wasn't going on and she would have been given it sooner. If they'd have given that to her sooner, especially knowing she had pre-existing condition and would be at risk. So well, this, this if is we a have anybody battle in- for me. I'm sorry, I walked over you for a second. I thought you took a breath. Sorry about that. What's the oh, last thing you said? Yeah, I hate these. This phone situation is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll go. Um, I had a nurse tell me that she talked to a number of nurses who were frontline nurses during the uh, uh, initial onset of COVID when they said the hospitals were being overrun. And we saw pictures you know, of hospital parking lots empty. You know, where the mercy never got used. The field hospitals that were built never got used. But this nurse was telling me that she talked to other nurses who were in the front lines. And they were saying that they were intubating people without antibiotics, which is a death. You know, talk about your lung problems. You shove a, a tube down somebody's throat into their, you know, into their respiratory passage, giving them air but you haven't given them antibiotics to resist anything that might've been on that tube. And that, that seemed to be a regular occurrence. There were doctors, uh, doctor, standing doctor's orders, doctors who would not come into the hospitals. They would not come in themselves, but the nurses were there, but the doctors were staying out and working by phone and not always responsive. So they, the nurses were not able to get these uh, orders. They can't give you a Tylenol without a doctor's approval. And if they couldn't get a doctor's approval for a lot of stuff because there are no doctors there, uh, death sentence, that's all boils down to. And I yeah. wonder if that isn't part of the the mm, death numbers that we saw in the, the uh, assisted living facilities, you know, between Michigan yeah. and New York. Agree wholeheartedly. And uh, uh, a couple of other things. I, uh, one, uh, to promote your blog, your sorry if I'm seen incredulous post, you need to promote 
which was about the hospital situation and the sham that was going on and some of the pictures that they leaked out of there uh, showing uh, it was a sham in the local in the news peddling literally a hospital scene with a practice dummy and you could tell that it was a practice dummy but the shot was obscured enough that they felt they could still uh fool a lot of people and yeah, yeah. so a lot of these deaths were unnecessary oh and the other emo- very important point before i forget is imagine how bad it is now how much worse is it going to be if morons like bernie sanders and aoc are the one in charge of your socialized medicine as bad as it was in the u.s look everywhere else that has socialized medicine and how much more screwed up that all was and then lastly full disclosure i gotta go back up to henry ford after your show because uh, you know my mother has dementia and she's been kind of lethargic the last couple of days and giving us a hard time even just getting her to walk back and forth to the bathroom so this being the third day now she decided she called just before your show. Uh, my ma is now up at Henry Ford Wyandotte Hospital, so I wow. need to go up there so everybody's thoughts and prayers would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, yeah. That will, Father, would you please help Joe right now and his mom? Please help everybody involved and, and help them deal with this. And, and please, please sustain and help in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thank you for calling in, Joe, and thanks for the report. And uh, yeah, that that blog post was, uh, uh, please excuse me if I seem incredulous. And it had pictures like of the uh, the guy wearing a Hawaiian shirt interviewing somebody in a full biomed outfit, you know, over COVID. You know, it's like, and then the pictures of the guys in the hurricane who, uh, you know, were leaning into the storm, standing in a puddle while people are walking behind uh, un- unbothered whatsoever. All of the media um, um, manipulation that goes on around stuff like this, that it's hard to tell. It's going to be like uh, the the boy who called Wolf after a while. Something really will happen, and we'll go, oh, pardon me if I, please excuse me if I seem incredulous. So yes, thanks again for calling, Joe. Great piece. You, you definitely, hopefully, you should include a link to that in the, uh, when you post mm-hmm. the podcast so people can uh, check that out. But I felt it important to report because, like I said, Channel 4 was there. I fully expect the local news to misrepresent it. The sample survey I did, 99% of the people were vax choicers. We're conservatives. We're Republicans. We don't believe in mandating virtually anything. And the uh, one woman I talked to her, she had a sign said, my body, my choice. And I went up to her and said, you know, the obvious concern is, is you're using the abortion language. Are you not concerned you're giving that term analogy, that phrase, legitimacy in the abortion issue? And she said, no, this is, you know, 
we need to, they do it to try to do it to us all the time. We need to turn their terms around. And I, like I shared with her, there's a meme on social media. I always say, you know, it's the cat and the Karen and Karen is yelling at the cat. You need to wear a mask. And the cat says, my body, my choice. And the Karen says, of course, well, it's not just your life involved here. And the cat says, you don't say. And of course, the, Anti-abortion people, or I mean the pro-baby-killing people, they're not choice, mm-hmm. they're yeah. pro-baby-killing, don't get the concept. Okay, thanks, Joe. Hey, we got to move on. We got Gary, our friend Gary from Tucson is calling in. So I uh, appreciate it, and we'll talk to you later. And uh, I, I pray that it all goes well with your mom. Talk to you later. Bye. So, Derek, hi. Would you please... Uh, uh, Plug in, patch in, bring up the volume on Gary from Tucson, please. Hey, brother. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, good. Hey, I Thanks just saw an article just this morning about the military, and they are taking the vaccine already. And uh, there's reports of hundreds of um, negative effects that are major, such as heart attack, stroke, um, and various other things that I didn't write down. And uh, there are thousands, 6,000 minor uh, side effects that the military has reported. So they're already in the, in the mess. And uh, so there you go. You know, they're they're forcing our men. It's just a big experiment like Stegie back in the day, you know, it never stops. Of course, you know, Joe was talking about a whole list of things, but it goes all the way back to, uh, the sterilization in the, in California with uh, Margaret Sanger and all those other people. So yeah, they do want to cull the population. That they want to eliminate those who do not agree with them, and it's the standard operating procedure for Marxists and fascists. You can go all through. Call Mark Federer; he'll tell you all about it. You go right through all history, and whenever these people take power, they start tracking people down, and people start disappearing. And now the government wants to look at our text messages and this very conversation they want to listen to. And so that's what we're up against. Hey, now you said Tuskegee, but you said it so quickly, I'm not sure the audience got it. You want, you want to elaborate on Tuskegee a little bit? Well, as far as I know, my information is that uh, the government uh, put um, things in syringes and injected them into the Tuskegee uh, men, not the, the flyers. But that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's that's the point. They're not the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, there was, uh, I believe that they were, uh, they were injected with syphilis, or they were not protected from from syphilis. That's uh, was it. Was it syphilis? Syphilis is a killer. It'll rot your brain. Right. And so uh, Wikipedia says the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male informally huh. referred to as the Tuskegee syphilis experiment and um, an ethically abusive study conducted between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Service and the <clears throat> CDC. And uh, the purpose of this study was to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis. Although the African-American men who participated in the study were told that they were receiving free health care, they were not. So well, our government well, does not have guys, a great track record, does it? No. And those guys, and I'm sure they must have been by now, been compensated for that. 
and the people who did it should be in jail for that. You know, um, my son uh, just recently retired from the Navy. He spent uh, 24 years in the subservice, a very senior enlisted man. And he took the shot, and I can't remember why. He wasn't mandated, but I think he took it to get along with the brass. And, yeah. um, you know, he said, he told me that he spent like three days just burning up. His body was just just burning up. He'd never felt anything like that before. It just, now it's, it's all abated, but I'm just glad, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, it didn't kill him. But once again, when we look at what Judicial Watch said, you know, they got 75 pages of records from the VA. And, you know, and this is as of April 2021. So that's a couple months back. 895 serious reactions, which included 20 cardiac arrests, 36 strokes, 15 cases of deep vein thrombosis. These are the kind of things that if this when this is coming out, has come out in previous tests, of drugs, they, you know, they stopped it immediately. It did not proceed, but because of the agenda, uh, you know, it, it's it's allowed to continue. It's encouraged. Well, sure, and um, I, I think I'm going to change the subject a little bit because you mentioned brass. There's this general Mealy Miley oh, running around goodness. Millie. saying that yes, Millie, Millie. that uh, he uh, talked to senior uh, officers in the White House or the Pentagon about Chief uh, of Staff. trying to use the military to stay in power. Now, if he has evidence of that, then he better bring it forward. Because if he doesn't, then he's guilty of conspiracy against the President of the United States. And why hasn't he been arrested or at least detained and questioned about what he really did or didn't do or said or didn't say to fellow officers in our highest-ranking you know, uh, part of the military, the Pentagon? Okay. Hey, Gary, we're about to run up on the music, and I appreciate your call. That's a, that was actually, I believe he's a chairman, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And, oh, um, it's just, just him, so, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks for calling. And, folks, thanks for joining in. Uh, this has been Your American Heritage. We'll be back next week. And um, stay tuned for a moment of clarity with Pastor Richard Dietering and myself. See you. Thanks.